0: host, Larice Duffy, Certified Coach and Founder of A Mindful Journey. Welcome to Aligned and Awakened, the podcast. I believe that our circumstances don't create our destiny, our choices do. Aligned and Awakened features heartfelt stories from women who inspire me. Each of these women has used adversity to find their power and lead a purposeful life through their command of choice. Come listen with me. Wake up and be inspired to make change in your own life. Your journey to awakening your inner truth starts now. Hello, Elizabeth
1: Hall. Welcome. Welcome to Aligned and Awakened. I'm so happy to have you here. Great. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Let's start with you sharing who you are and telling everybody about you and what you do. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm Elizabeth Hall and I am a life coach focusing on supporting women with their relationship with food and their bodies. My focus is on helping people repair their relationship with food, using tools like intuitive eating in order to break away from the way we're we've been taught in our culture to think about food and body, the very structured diet culture centric way of thinking. And then I love to bring in the life coaching to support the food piece. How we do food is how we do everything. And so Mm -hmm. I like to enter through the doorway of food and help people look at their relationship with food and then look at their, see what that symbolizes for what's happening in their lives in order that they might be able to shift something, change something, let go of something, release something and align and awaken. Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that. I love that. And we're actually going to get back to that question in a moment. But first, I want to ask you, what in your life caused you to get
1: aligned and awakened? Yeah. And it was this relationship with food. So it's looking back in hindsight that that's what happened. But as I was going through the plan, like the plan that we were told is what we're supposed to do, go to school, go to college, get a job all those kind of things. I was dutifully following the plan. I was an actuary, a health actuary for over 20 years. So I studied through all my twenties, taking exams to become an actuary. And I got married, I had kids. And then I kind of was like, is this it? Is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? I'm just going to, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do a job that eh, I like it. It's okay. I was good at math, but I, it wasn't really lighting me up in any way, Mm -hmm. but I had gotten so far away from being lit up that I forgot that you actually could be. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I entered through the doorway of food myself in the sense that I kind of woke up one day and was it just didn't feel right. My relationship with food did not feel good. And I knew it didn't feel good, but I had always just judged me as not doing it right, as opposed to trying to Just look at it through a different lens. So Mm -hmm. that set me on a path to explore my relationship with food. And the more I did that, the more I really gave myself space to explore my relationship with myself. And then that just sent me down this path of both spiritual growth and personal development. Mm -hmm. And I just, I loved it. And it did. It just started to light me up. It started to awaken me. It started to open me to new possibilities. And then I went into the coaching path. Even that was for myself in the beginning. It was, let me take all these things because they're just calling to me. And I think they're so fascinating. And then the more I went down the path, the more I thought, oh my gosh, I have to share some of these things with people because what an incredible opening this has been. Mm. Wow. Oh, I love that. So oh, I love that you
2: said too that you forgot that you could be doing something that would light you up. I think that that happens. I think it's so common. I know for myself, I had a small business that paid the bills and I really felt attached to it because it was paying the bills, but it just didn't light me up. I wasn't fulfilled. And it wasn't until I became a certified life coach that I I felt that fulfillment and felt that excitement. And I think it's so great with what you're saying and with what I'm saying to remember it's never too late. I was 40 never. something years old
1: Oh yeah, when too. I went and got my certification, right? How old were you? Yeah, to get certified, I was probably late 40s. I'm 50 mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But the whole experience of of what am i going to do started probably in my early 40s and i never thought i can't do something different it just that idea had never popped into my head until then nobody says during the times where you're going to school and what I, or nobody said to me what would your perfect day look like if you could do anything or how do you want to feel in the work that you're doing and i'm not i probably couldn't have answered those questions at the time i was so disconnected i was so in my head I was so running from the mind telling me what I had to do just to check those boxes that I was doing everything I was supposed to do. So, Yeah,
2: because somehow it becomes about success. It becomes about money. It it doesn't become about the feeling that you want to have throughout your day
1: or, you know, what
2: would light you up.
1: Yeah, and even the success and the money is being defined by other people. So Mm -hmm. often we pick up our idea of what success is from other people. And this is where it relates back to the food work is even what our bodies should look like or how they should move or what we should do with them. We often pick up those cues from outside and we try to follow them without asking ourselves, is this working for me? Do I like this? Yeah. Yes. I. You know, it's funny because I just wrote down in something that I was working
2: on before we jumped on, who is chained by standards, beliefs, and ideals that are not
1: your own, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's so true and such a good question to ask yourself, what ideals, beliefs, and standards am I hanging on to that were never mine to begin with
1: and really aren't fitting into who I am today? when I learned to ask myself that question with regard to the food, that's when I was able to then apply it to everything else. So Mm. I first was able to recognize I'm trying to live up to other people's standards with regard to food and body. And then when I stepped into that awareness, that's when I was like, oh my God, and I'm doing it everywhere else too. Like, wow. Where else is this showing up in my life? Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: so big. So intuitive eating, Mm -hmm. let's just share, just share, elaborate on that. What is it? How do we know if we're doing it? You know, all this stuff.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. One way that I heard it described the other day that I really loved is that it's basically self-care in eating. So it's a way of eating that brings more awareness to our inner wisdom, listening to our own bodies, having love and compassion for ourselves. There's 10 principles that kind of are the structure or the foundation of the practice. But again, it's entering into that without making them a rule. So it's coming away from the rules that we might have learned or we might have held and really looking at our food and our body and our eating from how does this work for me? Do I like this? Is this satisfying? Is this how I want to be with my food? and then trying to find what are the sticky how am i using food in a way i don't want to be using food and again coming back to the place where we're listening to our inner selves rather than basing all of our decisions on something outside of us that's mm-hmm. the intuitive piece of intuitive eating specifically it's a, it's also a structure for making peace with food for people who might feel like maybe they feel like they're out of control with food or maybe they feel like they're too in control with food it can go either way We can either be super restrictive or we can be feeling like we have no structure whatsoever. And it's really trying to find that middle ground. But again, the middle ground that works for each individual. And it's different for everybody because everybody has a different lived experience. Everybody has different opportunities that are right in front of them in the moment. Yeah, intuitive eating is a way of making peace with food and healing your relationship with food using these principles that are intended to bring you more inside yourself when it comes to your relationship with food. So where do you think relationships with food start? That's a great question. yeah. Yeah. So, so many of us, and this is true for many, many people. I mean, we just, we absorb things when we're younger that we're not even aware we're absorbing. Often I'll meet people who didn't realize maybe they grew up in a stressful environment And so maybe they did use food as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. or maybe the relationship your mom or your dad had with food impacted your relationship with food or maybe somebody at school or a teacher or a doctor or a parent. So somehow we always, we get these influences that then they just connect with who we are in the moment and it can set us on a path that's not very supportive And for other people, it sets them on a path that's supportive. For all the people I've talked to who started doing more disordered things with food, I've also had some really fascinating experiences talking to people where they just intuitively knew what served them and what didn't. And then they just continued to follow that wisdom. And they did not go down like a structured diet. And so again, I think it's a little bit of a mix. It's a little bit of who are we at at the Mm. time. And then what influences come into our world that makes us see things in a certain way or do certain things with our food. And the other thing is whatever we do, we do with great wisdom. So even if we turn to food for soothing or comfort, we're always doing that for a reason. It's super smart, but then we get to a point where we start to judge that or we think we shouldn't do that or maybe our bodies don't react very well. So now we start to focus on the body and trying to fix the body or change the body without going back to the root of, yeah, this was, this was something my body was trying to do for me. Uh, and we end up in a little bit of a sort of a reaction to the body that's not as supportive as it could be. So to answer your question, it, it starts pretty early, this relationship with food, obviously, because we all start eating right from the beginning, but mm. as children, as babies, we are intuitive eaters. Like We cry when we're hungry until we're taught to cry when we're also sad and to cry when we're scared and, to, and, and be given food for those things. That starts to create that relationship as well. So mm. yeah, it goes back to the beginning, but we're born intuitive eaters.
2: So what you're saying is that we can come back to being intuitive eaters, as opposed to what we've learned. Exactly. So a lot of eating is a learned behavior where you try to get people to go back to or to get back to that intuitive place of eating.
1: Exactly.
2: exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Great, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's a great refinement on what I was saying. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Mm.
1: We can unlearn what we've learned. We
2: can unlearn what we've learned. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I'm thinking of myself and sometimes I eat for pleasure. Sometimes I can eat out of boredom. Mm -hmm. So would that be, where would that fit into the spectrum of clearly, like you said, well, what serves you? Well, I know that, I I mean, I'm somebody who works out and so I know an ice cream sundae or seasoned french fries, which I had last night, (laughs) does not serve me, (laughs) but... It made me very happy in the moment. <laughs> you know, like I enjoy that. It's a treat. I knew I might regret it, but I really enjoyed it and I wanted to have it. So I did. Is yeah. that a learned or is that a bored or a, like, where does that fit into the whole eating yeah. thing?
1: And that's a great question because you, you raise multiple layers, even just in that one question of where we could go with that conversation. But one, one thing I heard is it, it is serving you if it's making you happy and it's something you enjoy and it fits into your lifestyle. And I mean, the, the only part that I heard might not be serving you is if there's judgment about it or resentment mm-hmm. of it or regret. So that would be the curiosity is why am I regretting this thing that brought me joy? And that would be the deeper exploration. And as far as boredom goes, or whenever we have an awareness that maybe we're eating for something other than food, again, it's only a problem if it's a problem. And so it's a problem if you find that repeatedly you do something and then you find that your body isn't responding very well. Maybe you feel super tired or maybe you don't even feel very well then you might get curious about, well, why do I do that all the time? But Mm. it's natural. We're human beings. It's completely natural to eat either for emotional reasons or pleasure, for joy, for celebrations. I mean, that's all completely normal. So part of it is not judging ourselves when food is such a big part of so many of the things that we do and really only calling attention to it if There's something that's really just not feeling good about it or feeling right about it. And I think ultimately we can tell what those moments are, like those moments where, you know, night after night after night, we might be doing something that doesn't give us energy the next morning or doesn't make us feel satisfied and it has nothing to do with food Yeah, maybe that's something we might want to get curious about. So again, it's really only a problem if it's a problem, if it feels like something that you really don't think is serving you. The joy is serving you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. And And I like that. I like thinking about it that way. You know, I guess for me, I think I should be choosing something healthier. That would be really good. That would be more of a benefit. But the truth is, there has to be enjoyment too, right? I mean, there has to, so I think I I feel like I hear you saying balance is just really important and how we treat ourselves after we do it is more of the issue than what it is that we're doing. So if if I'm eating French fries and then being so angry with myself that I'm eating French fries, that's the problem we need to address. That's where the root is. The detail is just that I'm eating French fries. What it's creating for me mentally and emotionally you know and and the beating myself up for it if if I were that would be what you would work with um, exactly
1: that would be the place to start because no matter what we're doing with the fries shifting how we t- talk to ourselves is is essential in whatever we do so whether it's food or anything else and that because that doesn't help anything we ate the fries to then beat ourselves up for the prize doesn't serve anything. And what we often find is if we remove that sort of additional layer of judgment on ourselves, we feel much better in our bodies. So Mm. one way or another, just by removing the thoughts and the feelings about whatever it is we did or didn't do, we feel better. And so Mm. that's the layer we try to take apart first Before we go into, well, what is the behavior that maybe I do or I don't want to change? The behavior might be perfectly fine. It might be, like you said, just my judgment of it. What I hear you saying too is it might,
2: how we feel about it or how we feel after it might have absolutely nothing to do with the fries, but the guilt and lack of compassion and the judgment that we're
1: having within ourselves, that's the real issue. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and then sometimes the fries is representative of something, uh, symbolic of something. And we want to kind of explore what that's all about. Yeah. There's definitely things that we go to when we're feeling a certain way and we might not be aware that it's coming from the field. For example, potato chips is something people tend to go to a lot. And sometimes that can be really a symptom of anger and frustration. And we want something to crunch on and we just want to get it out. And we might not even realize this about ourselves. So again, it's kind of looking at what are the habits and the patterns, not from a judgmental place, but from a, your body is trying to help you. It's always trying to serve you. And so let's get curious about it. If it's something that doesn't feel like it's serving you in the long run in terms of how you're feeling. And they've even done studies where how you feel when you eat makes such an impact on how your body even absorbs the nutrients. So if you are just judging yourself as you're putting foods into your body, your body doesn't absorb those as well as if you're sitting down and and feeling the blessing of the food and having Mm. gratitude for the experience, which granted, we're not necessarily going to be mindful of that all the time. But the more we can have gratitude for everything that went into the production of whatever we're eating, even... If we're thinking that it might not be the healthiest choice, sometimes we make a choice that's fast, it's easy, it's here, I need nourishment, it's food, I'm, and we bring that in as a blessing as opposed to judging it as a, a bad choice or a wrong choice.
2: Right. Yeah, that's
1: really important.
2: It's funny, I'm not a stress eater, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely an enjoyment eater. If I were to eat something that was, like I have oatmeal a lot in the morning. And when I'm full, I'm full. I'm done with the oatmeal. But if I'm eating like, you know, a yummy chicken sandwich on a really good roll with seasoned French fries, (laughs) it's so funny how much we're talking about these French fries, (laughs) But, (laughs) but I will eat more of it because I'm enjoying the taste of it so much. I guess that's
1: common, Mm -hmm. is it? It is is very common. It's very common. There's also something that a lot of people find when they go into intuitive eating is sometimes if they're not really allowing themselves to have that experience, they will eat more of them because subconsciously or even consciously, they're judging the experience. And they're having a thought like, I shouldn't be doing this or I won't do this again. I won't have these ever again. And sometimes we don't even know that we might be thinking that way. And then it makes us eat more than we're even hungry for. So Mm. part of that intuitive eating reprogramming is also just the awareness that I can have whatever I want, whenever I want, so that we take the pressure off of any one particular meal. And then often we find, even if we are enjoying it completely, if we don't feel like we have to finish it because we're going to make ourselves never have that again. We don't eat as much because we're just enjoying it until we notice our fullness and we're done. And we know I could have it for dinner and I could have it tomorrow and I could have it the next day if I really wanted it. And that's when we start to really listen to our bodies. Does it want it again? Does it want it tomorrow? And let our bodies tell us what it wants because they will naturally eat the foods that are supportive.
2: So for me, I grew up in a family where food is. Socialization. We sit around the table, we talk. Whenever you go to my parents' house, my father's like, Oh, you want to eat the cake? it's always about cake. <laughs> it's always you about Italian sort of let's make coffee. So I think sometimes that can be part of your relationship with food. It's it, it's a bigger thing. It's bigger than just than just the food itself. It's what it represents. It's you know, it's sitting around the table. And that's very easy to keep eating and not have that I'm full and listening to your body and just being done.
1: Yeah. And and that's one of those situations where I would call it the both and, like I think of the both and in the sense that, yeah, absolutely. Food can be love. Food can be socialization. Food can be a gathering. And then if we find that we're constantly not noticing when we're full then again, maybe it's something to look at. Maybe can I have the socialization and the fun and the being together? And again, it, it's a little bit of dependent on how often is this happening? How mm. much am I not paying attention? And how affected do I feel by it? Yeah For example, in the states, if we have Thanksgiving and we eat until we're super, super full, I think an intuitive eater would be like, that was delicious. I had a fantastic day and now I'm kind of full and I probably don't want to eat that much tomorrow. And maybe I will because there's some leftovers, but mm. trusting that we will naturally gradually move back to the days where we're not eating like that and we don't eat like that all the time. It, yeah. And we can put our mindfulness on it if it becomes something that feels like it's happening all the time and leading to us not feeling very good. Exactly. You know, it's funny because getting back to what you said earlier earlier. I, if I think I'm going to try to watch what I'm eating, that's probably the day I'll eat the most. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's a natural occurrence. This happens to to most people who tell themselves they're going to eat a certain way. We just rebel. We just instantly, Mm -hmm. like, even if it's not even conscious, we just, as soon as we feel that nobody wants to be limited Nobody wants to have our choices and our freedoms shut down. So the minute even we do it to ourselves, we rebel against ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is why one of the practices in in intuitive eating is to just give yourself the permission to have what you're going to have and not put those limitations on yourself. Yeah,
2: I think that's huge because I think when you give yourself that permission, you're more likely to be done when you're done and not feel like, this limited feeling or this feeling of I can't and this pressure and this resistance because it doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. You said earlier,
1: how we do food is how we do everything.
2: Mm -hmm. Elaborate
1: on that. I, I loved that. Yeah. So in the work that I do, I find food is often the doorway, meaning food shows me how people are being in their lives. And so maybe they're being limited. Maybe they're being restrictive. Maybe they're being completely not mindful at all. Like, how are they being with food? Maybe they're being judgmental. Maybe they're being, they're taking it way too seriously. All those kind of things gives you kind of a picture. And then as you step through the doorway of food, you find that these types of behaviors are the way that we're being in other ways. That might be how we're being with our jobs. That might be how we're being with our families, our relationships. And that's where this expression, how we do food is how we do everything, which I think I picked up from the psychology of eating, which is one of the places that I trained with, Uh, because we find that it's all about how are we being. And Mm. that's how we're going to be in all the different areas of our life which is why i find the food piece so fascinating cuz you know it is very complex but it's very symbolic and it can tell us a lot about some things that might help us shift in other areas of our life so whether you change it in the food place first it tends to have a ripple effect so if you mm. change it with the food it suddenly you find your work is a little different the relationships are a little different because you gave yourself some space and that ripples out the alternative is some people change it in another area and then they find their food eases up. What was really bothering them was their work. And once they do the work through the life coaching process to create a new way of being with work, all of a sudden the food didn't seem to be such a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, um, Oh,
2: I love that. That's so encouraging because I think it brings about so much awareness about ourselves because mm -hmm. we just do things the way we do them, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not even really Putting that microscope on it to understand what it means or to even understand that if I really take a look at this, other things can change. So what is a question that somebody can ask themselves to start this awareness for themselves around, hmm, okay, if how we do food is how we do everything, let me look at, at my life. Let me look at how I'm doing food or how I'm doing something else and
1: see where else this is being created in my life. Yeah. And I would say just starting with the question of how do I feel about my relationship with food? Do Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a compassionate relationship with food? Does it feel pleasurable and at ease? Does it give me a sense of joy and satisfaction? And if it doesn't, then that shows me some places that I might want to look at. And so it can, it can be that simple as how does this feel? How does this feel right Mm -hmm. now? Does it feel like it's serving me? Or is there something that feels sticky, wonky, something that I want to change in my relationship with food? So what do you say to the
2: person who's overweight and they want to lose weight and they struggle with food? Like it's just a hard, they enjoy food and they want to eat, but they want to lose weight. And it's this yin yang thing. Like it's just this back and forth problem. Where do they start? What do they do?
1: Yeah. And so again, I would start with going back in our history because again, our bodies and our food is always serving us in some capacity. And we also really need to step into the external and dissect what's happening in the messages that we're being given. Because what happens so often is we're given a message about our body and then we start to judge our body. And then we consider ourselves bigger than we're supposed to be. When our body might just be our body and it might be the exact body we're supposed to have. So everybody is a beautiful, different body. So we have to look at the internal and the external. It's, they go together. So one part is how much am I judging myself based on something I've been taught from the outside world? How much have I internalized messages that tell me my body is bad or wrong? And how much is that impacting my thoughts and my feelings? because that's also going to impact my behaviors. And then the other part is the internal side, is what are the messages that I'm just telling myself anyway? What is my relationship with my inner judgments and my inner critic? that also might show up in my relationship with food. So it's not looking at weight as the problem. It's looking at, if anything, it's a symptom of something that I've been trying to deal with, but it's also not good, bad, right, or wrong. Because again, some people, it just might be their body, but somebody else told them that they should judge it and that somebody else told them that it wasn't right. So we go back to figuring out what is right for that person, not what is right based on some kind of external cultural ideals that might not be at all appropriate for you, your lived experience, your body, and the life that you want to lead.
2: I'm guessing that like a doctor's recommendation is separate from that. Like if a doctor is saying like for health reasons, Mm -hmm. that's, Separate, Or would you
1: categorize that into the messages that we're hearing? And that's a great question. And I understand the question. So on the one hand, we have something called health at every size, which says no matter what size body you're in, there are behaviors that you can take to make sure that you're doing things that are good for your body and that your body likes. So we really want to de-emphasize weight. What I work from is a weight neutral paradigm, which just says, weight isn't the answer to everything. Let's look at, again, what are your behaviors? What are your thoughts, feelings, and emotions that go into the life that you're leading? What are the things that you want to change? And ultimately, when we focus on that, the weight takes care of itself in the sense Mm -hmm. that we don't have to go chasing it. Part of the problem is we've been taught to chase it. And that's what leads us all in this continual cycle of My body's a problem. I need to fix it. I'm going on a diet. I'm restricting myself. Now I'm overcoming the restriction and I'm heading into a binge because I tried to pull the rubber band too tight and it's got to go. It's got to loosen. We keep doing that over and over again. So we get off one diet and we think, well, that one worked for a little while. Oh, but this other stuff happened and now I've gained the weight back. And so I'll have to go on another diet. And we really need to break the cycle. We need to go back to. The moment where we decided the body was a problem and we were going to try to fix it and figure out what really is going on in terms of what is going to support our bodies in those moments, which generally includes doing a lot of work that has nothing to do with food to begin with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the big piece. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes diets are the problem. So somebody tells somebody to go on a diet and they try to do it the way they've been taught. And again, it works, but then the weight comes back because whatever was underlying the whole structure wasn't addressed. And so you really you really need to bring in the mindset in addition to any changes you're going to make physically. And the, I, I mean, the problem I see with doctors, and this is a little bit of a problem in medicine in general, is they don't necessarily have the time to go into that. So they just give the prescription of go lose weight and kind of are done with it without really knowing how to support the person in that moment with everything that's going on. And unfortunately, sometimes that can exacerbate things. So that's not to say that sometimes there is a benefit to losing weight, but that shouldn't be the goal. That should be the byproduct when we look at what are the behaviors that I could incorporate in my life that would support my health. Great.
2: That's really, really great. I love that. So where would you suggest somebody start? What would be the sort of the first step? If somebody's listening, they're like, okay, you know what? I'm done with the yo-yo dieting. I'm done white knuckling it, trying to just get through the day and eating a minimal amount
1: of, of food, of calories. Where do they start? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, looking into intuitive eating is a great place to start. But I would also add to that, if you know that you feel like your relationship is a little tenuous to begin with, in addition to intuitive eating, you want to make sure that you're practicing something in the realm of self-compassion. There has to be something that has to be foundational to anything else you're going to do with food. Otherwise, you might take intuitive eating and just turn it into another set of rules. And the intuitive eating process helps with some of that. I just like to point out, we definitely need to have the self-compassion piece because I kind of fell off the cliff when I started intuitive eating because I didn't recognize how I did not have some good structures of self-compassion or acceptance or anything or any way to deal with my emotions. So when I stepped into intuitive eating, I immediately went to the, oh, I can eat anything all the time, whenever I want. And I still didn't have any other coping mechanisms, So I went to food all the time. I mean, that was the coping mechanism. And it took me a while. I mean, it happened exactly the way it had to for me to learn that I needed some other coping mechanisms. I needed some other structures. And I really had to work on my self-love, self-compassion. That was enormous. Mm -hmm. And then whatever I did with food became okay, that's what you're doing with food today, as opposed to some kind of giant judgment or a problem. And now I can play with myself. I can do experiments. Does this make me feel better? Does that make me feel better? Without feeling like I'm doing something wrong or it's black and white, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, Yeah. Food eating is a great place and self-compassion.
2: Mm. Do you have any books that you can recommend to our listeners that maybe they could purchase read
1: just to start the journey? Sure. Some of my favorites are uh, Intuitive Eating is a book by Evelyn Dribbley and Elise Resch. And that fourth edition came out in 2020. So I would recommend that one. I also really enjoyed The Fuck It Diet, which is by Carolyn Dooner. And that's a great entry into uh, this whole idea that diets don't work moving into a more intuitive eating way of being is more helpful. And then I would, uh, again, on the other side of things, I would look at things like when women stop hating their bodies, some of the more body image centered work, to understand where did we get these ideas even that our bodies should look a certain way and to sort of help us push back against some of the external so that we can go within and really figure out what works for us. And then along like the self-compassion route, I love the Jen Sincero books, like You Are a Badass Mm -hmm. is one of her books. Just the things that help us connect to our inner sense of self and the knowing that we're amazing people, no matter what our body looks like, no matter what we weigh, no matter what our job is, just we need to have that core awareness of just how incredible we are as our foundation.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great advice. I love that. And I love the idea of that kind of empowerment that we really have and command with ourselves, you know, mixed with compassion and self-love—it's certainly the recipe for success in every area of life. And I love taking the focus off of dieting, food, and and putting it back out to the big picture and the whole picture, you know, and really getting curious about all that, and then just seeing where that takes you. And a lot of times, probably you'll find yourself being more successful with the food intake or at least understanding it. And then
1: it's not, not a thing anymore. Right. It's like a thing for a lot of people. Yeah. It's really about reclaiming our power. It's Mm -hmm. taking back our power and then honoring ourselves like deeply, deeply. That's why I love the term self-care and eating. Yeah. Because it it really is, it's a way of showing respect to um, really listen to our bodies and take the time to learn. And that can take a while. The unlearning can take a very long time. For some people, it goes very super quick. It it depends on your experience, it depends on how long you've been dieting, how long you've been judging. Trauma is a big piece of this, too. A lot of people have had a trauma experience. That gets rooted in food, which again is a brilliant coping mechanism. So yeah, there's a lot of richness and complexity to it. Yeah, and I love this conversation. I I,
2: I think it's so important to understand this isn't about an ice cream and I think that's right. what yeah. right that's the the theme, and it's really important to understand that. And like you said, start with with picking up a book on intuitive eating. Get a coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Call Elizabeth. (laughs) So share with everybody, Elizabeth, where they can find you.
1: Great. My website is elizabethhallcoaching.com. I'm on Facebook. I have just a Facebook business page that you can find under Elizabeth Hall Coaching. I'm on Instagram as Elizabeth Hall Coaching. And I have a couple of YouTube videos that I put up at the beginning of COVID, which are talking to a lot of sort of aligning and awakening type people as well to help people deal with the fear that was coming up at that time that's something I'm hoping to get back to as well or you can even email me elizabeth at elizabeth hall coaching if you have any questions about where to begin on your journey fantastic
2: ah thank you so much thank you for being here thank you for sharing your wisdom and sharing with our audience all about this very very important topic so thank you you so much for having me you are
0: welcome you are welcome. Bye. Bye everybody. If you loved what you heard today, I would be so grateful if you hit subscribe and leave a review. For more inspiration, find me on Instagram at amindfuljourney.ld. I love being part of your everyday journey.